Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney? I gotta I like listen, I don't know. This might be an unpopular opinion, but they, I understand there are some good doggos out there in the world who have training and are great for calming your anxiety, but mm-hmm. the idea of bringing Ducky on a plane spikes the shit out of my anxiety. Yeah. It, it is yeah. in no way it is not That's a helpful or comforting anxiety. idea. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely more anxiety. There's nothing about that that would be like, oh great, now I feel comfortable. I would be like oh. so uncomfortable the whole time. I'd be like, yeah. I'm so sorry. He's a monster. I'm a, I'm sorry. I and then it, he'd probably oh, shit him himself like there's nothing about it that would go well and it would in no way make me feel better (laughs) yeah no absolutely not he's more an emotional destroyer rather than emotional yeah (laughs) (laughs) and especially if the pressure affected his ears at all he'd be like oh my god he wouldn't shut up it would would be yeah it would be an hour and a half flight of him going (laughs) (laughs) They'd be like, I didn't realize that we could bring gargoyles on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> How interesting. Pilot's going to come on and say, yeah, to the passenger that smuggled a gremlin on board, <laughs> please, please calm them down. Shall we? We shall. Today we're talking about season five, episode two, Boy Meets Real World. This is the feeding call, by the way. I am Megan. <laughs> And I am Skyler. I always forget that I should probably start with that. Because once I start in on the season and the episode name, it really just doesn't make sense if they don't know what show we're talking about. So, But how did they get here if they right. don't know what's happening? You know, exactly. no one stumbles on this podcast, okay? Exactly. like. Or if you do, you read a description and decide if it's worth your time. You don't, You don't just like... I don't know, do people like shuffle podcast playlists on Spotify? Anyway, if you got here by accident, it's the Feeny call. We talk about Boy Meets World. That's true. We do that. And again, today we're talking about season five, episode two. And I kind of don't, it's it's less uh, trivia or like a fun fact and more just kind of setting up the uh, situation around this because I know we have a lot of people who were introduced to Boy Meets World via Girl Meets World because they're a little bit younger than we are. So I'm sure that a lot of people know about the real world. But for those of you who are maybe a little younger and do not, the real world is an MTV show that started in 1992 The premise is basically they're sticking these people in this house and making them live together. And every move that they make is recorded on camera, except in the bathrooms. They don't have them recorded in the bathrooms. But everywhere else, you are on camera. It also was the inspiration for two spinoffs, one called Road Rules and The Challenge, which are two more MTV shows. I've actually seen The Challenge because one of my roommates is quite addicted to it, so... Oh, that I have I've seen. never never seen those. I've only I only have like a passing association of the real world as it is. I mean, I, I if you were to ch- if you were doing a research paper on the history of reality TV, you would have to start with the real world. Probably. I don't know. Maybe you could start a little before then. I'm not sure. But it's definitely the the beginning of the reality TV boom. Yes. I don't really know why this show is so obsessed with MTV shows because we had singled out and now we have constant references to the real world. So I'm not entirely certain what their fascination is with MTV, but I mean, MTV's, our second one. 
MTV TV shows were were hot shit in the early 90s. And now they you only know? play ridiculousness 24-7. <laughs> oh, how I the mean, mighty have fallen. It, it is a, a joke of a channel at yeah. this point. I guess most cable channels are, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cable really at this point is just kind of a joke, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Except the joke's on us because streaming is just cable reinvented yep. for the internet. <laughs> Correct. Cable that you get to yeah. pick. Which is kind of nice, but still. Yeah, I guess so. Time for who's on the? Is it my turn or your turn? Okay, good, good. Um, Additional fun fact: the first appearance of Trina McGee Davis as Angela. Yeah, all right. Here we go. I'm on the recap, and away we go. So Corey's doing a documentary project for Feeney's film class, and he's filming Eric and Sean and Jack in their apartment, and then things start to kind of heat up between Sean and Jack, and Corey is all like, this is good for my movie. Hooray, I'm going to be a movie maker. And Topanga's like, yeah, but you're an asshole. And he's like, no, I'm a movie maker. And then he's like, oh, wait, am I an asshole? And he goes and he helps Sean and Jack rekindle their relationship, and Morgan hires fake Eric. Time. (laughs) Morgan hires... Okay, we'll get to fake Eric. I have thoughts and feelings about fake Eric. Okay. What'd you learn, Megan? (laughs) So I wrote down actually a couple different things because it was hard to find. This one was so story-centric that it was hard to find like an overarching, I guess, message. I tried to relate this kind of to everyone in the episode, and it's don't let your own selfish interests get in the way of listening to your loved ones or your communication with your loved ones. So for Corey, obviously he was, he had the camera up. He wasn't focused on the actual situation because he was so worried about his film with Sean. It feels almost like self-preservation that he's trying not to get close to Jack because he does, he has this misplaced anger from I shouldn't say, well, yeah, it's a little misplaced because Jack didn't know about the letters. And so he has some misplaced anger that feels like a little bit like self-preservation from childhood, from writing those letters to Jack, when in reality, Jack's saying he didn't get the letters. He's trying to build a relationship and Sean's just kind of having nothing to do with it. Yeah, I guess don't let your own selfish interests or don't let the things going on blind you to the people around you and the situations around you. Cool. What'd you learn? I mean, you summed it up pretty well. I think I, I was going to say something to the to a similar effect, but mostly the idea of like broadening your view of a situation is is really important when it comes to your friends and your family. It, it's easy to get that narrow sighted kind of tunnel vision mm-hmm. um, in those settings and relationships, and so I think it's really helpful and important that you're able to like step back and take a broader scope mm-hmm. uh, and, and be open to what you might see there. Don't be so adverse to how that might deflate your current worldview and, and take it and, you know, take in stride that this might be different. <laughs> sure. Um, and being open to that self criticism or feedback that you'll find in that broader view. Yeah, because you know Corey has to take a further step back and take a broader view. Show to Sean and Jack; mm-hmm. uh, they both have like a really narrow-sighted view of their relationship. Topanga and Eric are 
are in a good viewpoint, I think. And maybe that's because they are slightly removed from the immediate conflict, but yeah. Yeah. I think Topanga has a better view than Eric because Eric is kind of oblivious to everything that's going on with them because he's got his own shit that he's trying to figure out, like how to do laundry alone for the first time. How to do laundry? How do you do it? I get that. But also Amy's like, I should be there to teach him. And I'm like, why didn't you teach him before he left? (laughs) You knew he got into college and you had however long before he started. Why didn't you just teach him then? But Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's just me being nitpicky anyway. You yeah. learn. Well, so here's. Okay, listen. While we're talking about laundry real quick. I had done laundry before I got to college. I had mm-hmm. done my own laundry at home. But then I got really thrown when I got to college and was doing my own laundry because the, the machines were tremendously different machines. Yep. Yeah. In that my parents owned some expensive buttons and knobs and all kinds of settings washing and drying machines and these ones were like do you want it hot or cold yeah <laughs> that was it yep. you know uh i was like frozen for it the first time yep. i did laundry in there like oh i'm gonna fuck this up now like this that's, is different <laughs> yeah that's how i felt moving into my first apartment by myself because it was coin operated obviously and so mm-hmm. i would go down to the laundry room and it would be like you have three choices you want a delicate, a normal, or a heavy? And I'm like, I don't, um, I, I always opted for delicate. Delicate was my go-to every mm-hmm. single time. And I never shrunk or messed up a piece of clothing. So there you go. I That's feel like I tip, may. I, when in doubt, delicate. I mean, I don't know, guys. Just like wash your shit on cold and read the label for drying. <laughs> like, so true. That's why that's the, the big the big trick is just like read the fucking label. The label. <laughs> I'm trying to think about I don't know. I feel like I may have shrunk a shirt once a little bit, but nothing nothing to the extent to where Eric is wearing his crop top in this one. <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. I but he looks great. So. He pulls it off. That's the thing is he he has this kind of crop toppy high waisted jeans situation going on. And I'm like, listen, you look 80s, but you don't look bad. <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. I'm I, I'm not against this. Why didn't his jeans shrink? I guess he you're not supposed to wash your jeans really that often. But anyway, that's another nitpicky thing. We get another reference to the graduate in this episode. And of course, this is we sure of, do. I've already said this fun fact, but for those of you that did not tune in for the first season, obviously Bill Daniels was the father in the graduate. And he says that he now Mr. Feeney says he thinks it was a great film. And uh, that's kind of funny that he's the one who says that. So we get another reference. If you're looking for the first reference, it's back in season one when Corey does scuba lessons. Like you, you go down the rabbit hole and it doesn't matter. And it, be, it's just a funny bit, but we're here to go down the rabbit hole. So mm-hmm. in these sort of things, when the worlds do this, when an actor acknowledges a film that exists in the world of this show yes, and he was in that film, like it, it, you know, <laughs> yep. it's, it's a funny joke, but now it all like implodes on itself where you're like, well, wait a second. William Daniels is an actor in The Graduate. You're William Daniels. And you're acknowledging the existence of The Graduate, which means that you're acknowledging you're an actor playing Mr. Feeney. And it all falls to shit, which is kind of similar to... doppelgangers. No, go ahead. Unless they're doppelgangers. Unless doppelgangers. (laughs) What if that's that's like his thing? Oh, that would have been good. 
if if the he had said something like, I think The Graduate's a good film, and Corey had been like, you look an awful lot like the dad in The Graduate, actually, come to think of it. Or like they had made some like uh-huh. reference. It's kind of like uh, in The Sweet Life when they do High School Musical, and she's like, uh, Ashley yeah. Tisdale's like, Everyone says I, she looks think, like I look like Sharpay. And they're like, no, I don't really see it. <laughs> I love that joke. It's a great yes. joke. Feeny can it be was like, kinda... I get that all the time. I know mm-hmm. I do. So we were watching that show, Little Voice, on Apple TV. I'm not just bringing this up again for shits and gigs. This pulls around. Um, <laughs> so it's Sarah Bareilles, executive produced the show, and it's kind of loosely modeled off of her early career, and it follows the singer-songwriter trying to bust in, right? But the difference, right, is the show set now, okay? And all these labels keep telling her, like, you're really great, but, like, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what your genre is. I don't know, you know, like, what you know what how to market you right Mm -hmm. and sarah and i were watching this and sarah's like what the hell like i what is this argument they're making in the current music world where one like sarah Bareilles exists and maggie rogers exists and like names all these artists that are uh and so i offered the the possibility i was like well maybe in this imagined little voice world like those artists don't exist and Mm -hmm. this you know, this is like the early 2000s where the pop music scene is still entirely dominated by Britney Spears and yep. Katy Perry and shit like that. Right. But then Sarah Bareilles is in the last episode of the oh, first season as yeah, as Sarah, Sarah. Bareilles. <laughs> she oh. has a cameo where they acknowledge her and her music and everything. Right. And I was like, well, now everything just fell now. Away. Now, when a record label says to this girl, I don't know what to do with you, the response should be like put me in the Sarah Bareilles genre. Yeah, market, me <laughs> like, market me like you did Sarah Bareilles. And I was like, yeah, your, your made up rules of the world fall apart when other people clearly are doing the thing. Yep. <laughs> Miss the mark. Well, which is to say about- that rules fall apart as they yes. do in this episode all the time. We have another continuity thing in this episode. Actually, I was going to, uh, I wasn't, I was not going to bring it up until later, but I guess now that we're talking about continuity, there's a mention of Eric's birthday being before Jack's or something in this episode. I forget what the specific reference uh, is. Eric, Eric says that he's, I think, six months older. Yeah, he says he's six months older than Jack. But later in And Then There Was Sean, when they're saying who's the oldest, or I think maybe Jack volunteers because he's the oldest something, but Jack says that he's older or oldest. In Oh, you're right. You're right. In that so episode. It's just, interesting to where me. he says like, i'm older and eric says yeah but i've lived longer <laughs> yes so i yeah. don't uh interesting decision i guess that seems like something that would be kind of easy to stick by but i guess not we also something we didn't mention in the opener is now we have the more famous theme song at the beginning which is exciting and you can really tell that we're setting up a more clear storyline because they had like a last week on boy meets world type situation. And we've only seen that in like one other episode. And I think it was a long walk to Pittsburgh, but that's really the only say, other time that we've seen that. I got to say boy meets world sucks at previously on boy meets worlds. Yes. Yeah. They are always too long. Mm-hmm. They are always strangely edited together. Yeah. The, the voiceover that says it is weird. Usually I just, I don't, it like never works for me when they no. do it previously. <laughs> and I don't understand it because I understand that they're trying to set up that like Jack and Sean have come together after a period of time of being apart. 
but the rest of it seems unnecessary. Uh-huh. I, they could have done that little scene at Chubby's and then just like cut it there and been like, now we're moving in together. But they did like this entire, yeah. I mean, I was sitting there and I was starting my notes or setting up my notes page. And I felt like I had like three minutes to do that because they're always so, <laughs> so long. long. It's like, yeah. oh, it's so much. Jack says something about, he mentioned something and he references all the pretty babies. And I was like, I have not hated anything more in my entire life. I hate that he says that. <laughs> I just don't think that, I, even for the 90s, I'm like, is that even something that you can say? Like, <sighs> chicks, I would understand. Or, yeah, I would understand chicks before I understand babies. But I'm like, why why babies? Why did you need that word? I don't like that word. <sighs> anyway, yeah, I don't know if you flagged that, but that, I just hated that. I didn't. You want to know someone I I have a like a love hate relationship with though? The actress. The actress. Yes. <laughs> this episode. <laughs> I love. Her I character. I her love. So beautiful. She uh, yeah she is very very pretty and I I love how they shit on oh, her. <laughs> I do too. It's so good. And so like good. yet I also just hate every time she's there. <laughs> She's good at being not very likable. Like, I think she does a good job in the being an acting major because it's everything that you would expect from an acting major. And it's just wonderful. Uh huh. Uh -huh. (laughs) Would you like me to? I have two monologues Nora from a doll's house. Oh Oh, my God. God. She's the fucking worst. (laughs) And here's the thing I had, I kind of had an issue because I understand, like, Sean is living on a college campus, so she probably assumes that he's just a freshman and he's 18. He's not. He's probably 17 at this point. Maybe he's 18 if he's like an older senior, but we're assuming at this point he's 17. Um, Uh So it's just so when when she picks or when I, I should say when she decides to start seeing Jack. I just think it makes more sense because he's just older and he actually is in college and it got to a point where I was like does Sean really think that he had more of a shot than Jack I understand how he thought he had a shot in the beginning but then when he pulls Jack aside at Chubby's and he's like well I thought I was gonna go out with her and blah 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 I'm like as soon as you saw that she was Uh out with Jack you should have realized that you had no chance with her because you're not the same age you really have nothing in common except that you both think that the other person is a good kisser and Jack obviously has the means to take her on dates. You don't even have a part-time job, Sean. You're still in high school. Like this is not this is not even comparable at this point. So, I'll go I'll go even further. It shouldn't matter. Since Sean's not Sean interested in exclusivity. Also true, yes. Also true. And clearly this girl is not interested in exclusivity and it is very, it's just some casual dating. And so like this, the whole thing is contrived because I don't know, neither of these boys has any sort of claim to her beyond asking her on a date. And, and like Sean's now apparently cares about her being his or whatever. Like that's, it's, it's horseshit. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't. And I know that there's some animosity between the two of them, which I'm sure kind of exacerbated Sean's feelings of competition. But yes, it it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't have been as big of a deal as they made it into. 
because it's not like, yeah, it doesn't, it appears that she is not looking for an exclusive partner at this time. Maybe if she were to start getting serious with one of them and then the other were to like intervene or try to shoot their shot or something, then I would understand. Also, they're on a first date. Who called her Mm -hmm. first? When when were you able like maybe Sean called her and was just like, yeah, we should get together sometime. And Jack called her and was like, hey, this Friday, I want to take you to this concert and I want to do this thing. You're going to go out with the guy who makes the plan. You're not going to go out with the guy who's still trying to decide if he wants to go out with you or not. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's all Corey. Corey's encouraging Sean to drop his towel is too much. I just can't believe he got footage of him in the shower anyway. I'm like, Corey, what is the matter with you? Like I said, Corey, in can, go the to, real Corey world, can go to jail. This is child pornography. It, exactly. In the real world, that was the one place that was off limits where the people could go and have some privacy. And so Corey should be using the same rules as the real world if that's the show that he's trying to mimic and he should leave him alone in the bathroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. bad, bad Bad cinematographer. Bad, bad. <laughs> also, so they're on their second date and, and Eric now has has found someone to date and they're doing some weird dancing in the kitchen. But yet they moved the coffee table, we would assume, so they could dance in the living room and yet they're dancing in the kitchen. Yeah. I found that odd. <laughs> I found that a little strange. I, was just I don't like, know. Maybe if, if they were going to get a little if they were going to get a little more grandiose with their dancing, who knows, you know, <laughs> they were going to start the Viennese waltz part of the. Evening. Yes, they were going to they were going to strut across. And... But you know what it does? It gives Jack and Eric some business while they have a conversation so that but they can that, reset the room. <laughs> yeah, I think I think another good business would have been like them bringing like coke cans over to the kitchen and like putting them in the recycling bin or something like that i think there's other business that they could have given them it just didn't make a lot of sense to me that they moved the coffee table out of the way in order well to you didn't the direct the episode <laughs> that's true that's true who directed this episode get them on the phone also something that i thought of while this was happening was and i understand that Corey and sean are best friends but topanga keeps saying like you should talk to sean you should talk to sean it's like topanga why don't you talk to sean you can also talk to Sean. You, at, at this point in the show, we still are under the impression that Sean and Topanga are close friends. After last season, A Long Walk to Pittsburgh, where Topanga confided in Sean before Corey about her move. And granted, he saw her first, so that was kind of just a circumstantial thing. However, she's still, there's that vulnerability and trust there that has been established that it's kind of like Topanga, I understand that you're trying to, get Corey to talk to him but then it gets to a point where Corey's just not listening and so why don't you try talking to him am I wrong in I saying s- that I think you're wrong just because you think um, he's not going to open up to anybody but Corey no I think Topanga is correct to pressure Corey to be the one to talk to Sean because one Topanga recognizes that Corey needs to get out from behind his camera and be Sean's best friend yeah and Two, I think Topanga recognizes that while her and Sean are friends and close friends, she may have taken con- you know confidence in him. He's never done that for her. Sure. Um, he's never reciprocated that, and and I think I don't know. I've been in this 
not exactly the situation, but like I can recognize a similar situation where like I have a friend who I think needs to talk to someone about something serious. And yet I recognize that like, it's not me, even though I have a close relationship to them, there's somebody else that is closer and much better suited for that. And in which I've encouraged that person to engage in that conversation. Um, and I, I think Topanga is right to recognize that like she would be ineffective in achieving the goal sure, uh, and to pressure Corey into it. Cause it's not just for Sean. It's also for Corey. Yes. But what in if- that like he needs to get out of his own way and well, see yes. that his friend needs help. What if Corey just wasn't listening? What if we got to a place where Corey was just not responding? Do you think Topanga should then pressure him more in that scenario? I, I think we, never, we don't get really to see that. Right. We don't see that far because he gets there. But yeah, I would be of the opinion that like she continues to pressure. And then sure, maybe at some point she ditches that strategy if it's not proving effective and, mm-hmm. and goes to Sean herself. But I think exhausting your resources to, to put the pressure on Corey is the right move to start. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Circling back, I have a big problem with uh, hired Eric because (laughs) why is a teenage boy hanging out with an elementary student who probably isn't really, I mean, she said that she hired him, which implies that she is potentially paying him. But like, Uh we're, we're assuming Morgan's allowance at this point is like a dime every week. Like, not that much money. She's in elementary school. <laughs> a so dime? What is it, the 1920s? <laughs> well, yeah. No. But in anyway. 1997, we can assume that Morgan <laughs> is not making bank with her No, she probably, right probably gets like $10 a month at, so or, probably, or less. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> she probably paid him like $5. To like come hang out with her, and I'm like, what? yes, it's fucking strange. It's, it's very strange so that strange. this dude's here. And then it's he seems, for the most part, to be like fine, like a decent guy. It's not like he's shady or weird or whatever. Which I mean, we can't use that as a effective measurement, obviously, because that's like a trademark of a psychopath. Is they're like super charming and actually personable. Anyway, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I just I'm like what. What is your motive here to be accepting like what we can assume is about $5 from this elementary student to go home with her and play dolls with her and hang out with her? I'm just so uncomfortable by this. And then he tries to steal her bunny. That was the icing on the cake. I was like, here's the thing. If you're really like if he's like 15 years old and he's that desperate for like $5, first of all. Who, what 15 year old is that desperate for $5? He probably thinks of it like babysitting. And then he tried to steal the rabbit. And I was like, that's, that's, that's a cherry on top. That's gross. What are uh-huh. you doing? What is the it's deal here? It's fucking weird. I don't like this. So I just Mm-mm. was very uncomfortable with uh, hired Eric. He just made me a little upset inside, but you know, he got out of there before he did too much damage. So that was, that's always good. <laughs> I just, <laughs> Thank oh God. God. And God bless. We got a little Angela in this episode. Just Hopefully a touch. more to come. A little sprinkling. 
I can't remember. I don't. I think we might see her in passing one more time before she and Sean start dating, but I don't quote me on that. Yeah. So. No, this is, I think it's a nice sprinkle of introduction, especially considering that like we just brought in Jack last episode. If she mm-hmm. was, if this episode was like a big debut for her too, that's a lot to, yeah. to take in right at the top of this shit. So right. I think it's smart to be like, also here's this new character. I don't know. Well, you might see her again. <laughs> yeah. And we've also, the thing that I like is they made her partners with Sean in this class that we've never been to before. So in theory, mm-hmm. they've been partners in this class for however long since we've last seen or since they started senior year. So now she's building a rapport with Sean, which I like because then it's not like this random it's in the past. It's all these random girls that we never see again and have never seen before. But now we're Mm -hmm. building a little bit of rapport with her before a love story is established, which I appreciate and like from especially from like, uh, you know, again, all of these other girls in the past don't know anything about them. Never see them again. Really don't care about them. This one we begin to care about earlier and we can see that there's more there's more to bit more of a foundation to build on for Sean and Angela than just like, oh, she showed up and started dating Sean and that's it. I'm with you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Who's your MVP? Yeah. My MVP is Eric. Really? Why? Oh yeah. I am I just really appreciate the the hot dog story. I think yeah I no no no. I really think it's like a it's a really wonderful moment and I the way he plays it is really well done the turn at the end where Jack says that's a pretty sad story and Eric's like you know what you're right it's a terrible story tell me one about you the way he flips it so quickly because like he doesn't tip his hand he keeps it close to the chest and then right in that last moment he hits him with a zinger and he's like this is why mm-hmm. like it's I don't know it's so smooth it's so cool and I think that it makes a really stinging impression on Jack which then leads to Jack walking to their old apartment in South Philly where mm-hmm. Sean happens to be very uh conveniently at the same time so I right? yeah yeah I'm gonna give it to Eric what about you Mine is Feeney and kind of for the same reason, because Topanga has been harping on Corey. Pay attention to your friend. He's going through something right now. Put your camera down. Feeney is the one who makes Corey actually, you know, realize what's going on in the situation and go be there for Sean. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's pretty much the same thing as Eric, just on the flip side of the conversation where it's the Sean perspective instead of the Jack perspective. But sure, I like that. I like the tactful way that Feeney approaches it. And I think he gets the message across effectively. And then Sean or Corey is able to go help Sean, who then in turn is able to bridge that gap with Jack now because um, he just wasn't. They just, they just weren't working before. Also, mm-hmm. how awful is Jack's mother that she hid these letters from him? Like, she might have thought that she was doing the right thing, and I, I can see it from both sides, but it's just, it feels so sad. I, I get so sad at the thought of, like, having a brother. And writing letters isn't going and living with them, you know? Writing letters is a completely different thing than... yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. It just feels, it feels, 
nasty. I don't like it. It makes me not like Jack's parents very much. Mm-hmm. That his it's mom a thread. had made this executive decision for him. Yeah, that's a that's a thread we don't pull on. And I think I would have I would love to see that get pulled on. Like if there were an episode where like Jack's mom shows up and they I don't know and they get to hash this thing out about how she deliberately kept him from Sean. Um, yeah, because it is it's fucked up, and they and they throw it in here, and and then we never really revisit it. But like that's a dark, shitty moment right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to like visualize this mother who has this half, I don't know, I guess Sean to her isn't really anything, but yeah, whatever has, has this sort of son in some way. I know she, I know he's not, but like kind of is, um, what this, this would be stepson, right? Yes. If, if yeah, things were to right if her and chat were together this would be stepson and that like she knows that he's like eight years old or whatever writing letters to her son and his his half brother mm-hmm. and and just like those those come in the mail and she just like did she open them and read them and then throw them out because that's even worse honestly yeah <laughs> Well, that had to have been it because, you know, she, he gets a letter from from Sean. She's at least the first one she had to have read. Maybe after she uh-huh. read the first one, she's like, oh, he's trying to build a relationship. Well, I don't want that. And so then she tosses the rest of them. It's terrible. It's a terrible thought that she's sitting there reading this letter from this little boy reaching out to his older brother. And she just, it's not something that she wants. She doesn't want them to have a relationship. So she throws it out. That's, that's mm-hmm. terrible. I don't like yeah, that it's fucked. at all. It's, it's real shitty. I hate it. Because I understand like wanting to separate from Chet because as we come to find out that he's an alcoholic and they were toxic together. So I understand the separation mm-hmm. from Chet, but like separating, separating brothers, that sounds, that's, that's too far. That's too far in my opinion. I, I, well, and that's the thing. Sean has done nothing. Yep. It's not his fault. He He's a victim of circumstance. Mm-hmm. Like Chet, Chet has for whatever, you know, misgivings has forfeited his relationship with Jack and and I understand wanting to keep your son from this man mm-hmm. and and I can also understand that it would be hard for her to separate that building a relationship sh- with Sean would it would in fact also mean building a relationship with Jet you know yes. like that, that would have to be a part of it in some way um, but I don't know she goes too far yeah well, and if anything, I would say she could, in her kind of messed up mind, try to control the situation so that Sean was coming over to their house and they were going to the mall closest to their house and they were going to the movie theaters that were right next to their neighborhood. And mm-hmm. I could see that's not okay necessarily, but I could see that being better than completely cutting them off from one another. At least Sean would have a relationship with Jack, even though Jack would not have a relationship with Chet or be involved in Chet, Chet's life in any way, shape or form. Like, and Sean's obviously Chet is kind of a 
absent father. And so Sean could honestly carry on this relationship for a while. And Chet wouldn't hardly even know. Yeah. He couldn't know. I mean, he, there's a possibility. There's a world in which Sean was, Sean could have a relationship with Jack and Chet would know nothing. He wouldn't even know that they were in contact with each other because Sean could just say he's going to Corey's or he's going to, I don't, wherever he's, go he's just off he he's a you know he goes everywhere all the time because he's kind of a flight risk always so doesn't even need to know chat doesn't need to know that i should say but all that's hypothetical because uh somebody's mother decided that they would uh control their son's life and take over and ruin it so whatever (laughs) (laughs) whatever let's wrap it up yes you can find us on the things we're on instagram the feeny call podcast we are on twitter and facebook at feeny call you can send us an email feeny call podcast at gmail we'll answer it and also you can leave us a voicemail if you have fun trivia facts or if you want to say hi or if you have a question questions are good we love questions let us know there's a link in our bio on our instagram and there's also a link in this episode description so check that out also don't forget to rate review and subscribe that really helps us out and gets more people interested in the feeny call so that's really cool when you do that thing doing that thing you do breaking my heart into a million pieces like you always do Mm -hmm. because it hurts me so just to see you go around with someone new that song is a fucking bop, and it's getting added to our wedding playlist right now. <laughs> Yay! I'm glad that I could assist with the, uh, Absolutely. You know, the playlist curation. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. We're very excited to start season five. Now we've got a little more of a structured storyline, so things are only going up from here. Class dismissed.